Heavenly Father, we're entering the season of Thanksgiving, and some of us have heavy hearts. It's not always easy to give thanks when we're besieged with health problems, loss of jobs, personal crises, political divisions. When we're concerned for our health and safety or the health and safety of those we love. Lord, teach us to be thankful in all things and at all times, in spite of what's going on around us. Lord, we give thanks that you hold us in the palm of your hands, that you care more about us than we care about ourselves, that you attend to Suzanne and Bill during their cancer treatments, that you rejoice with the births of new babies, that you weep with those suffering from infertility, that you mourn with those who have lost loved ones, that you know our thoughts and prayers even before we know to utter them. Lord, these past few weeks I've been convicted of the need to listen, to listen to you and to listen to others, to listen without agenda, to listen in order to understand rather than listening in order to respond. I thank you that this church is committed to listening through our commitment to consensual orthodoxy and through our collaborative communications classes. We are learning to listen well, even when we don't agree. I believe this is an important piece of our mission to seek the peace of the city, particularly in times of division and discord. But beyond all, we need to listen to you, Lord. In Jeremiah 29, 7, you tell us to seek the peace of the city where we have been sent into exile. Many of us feel like we are in exile, Lord, living in a place that we don't recognize. But we know that your desire is that our city be filled with shalom for all people, and we ask that Knox will be a shining light to the rest of the country and to the world on how to create a city where the well-being of everyone is safeguarded. But beyond this command, Lord, you've also given us a promise. In Jeremiah 29, 10-14, you tell us what you plan for us. Lord, we're going to use those verses now to listen to you. As I read these words from Jeremiah, Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit show each person here a particular word or phrase from this passage that will be meaningful to their situation. Jeremiah says, This is God's word on the subject. As soon as Babylon's 70 years are up and not a day before, I will show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Speak to us, Lord, what we need to hear. Now we're going to listen to this passage again, Lord. This time we'll reflect on what the passage means for us in our own lives and in our own struggles. This is God's word on the subject. As soon as Babylon's 70 years are up and not a day before, I'll show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Speak to us, Lord, what we need to hear. Finally, Lord, as we come back to your words, we rest in the promise that you've given us 
Thankful that you listen to us and you speak to us. We only have to make the effort to come before you in prayer. This is God's word on the subject. As soon as Babylon's 70 years are up and not a day before, I'll show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Thank you, Lord, that you listen to us and that you speak to us. Help us to want to find you more than anything else. Be with us this Thanksgiving week and help us to see as you see, to hear as you hear, and to love as you love. Amen. I just have to comment on that. I wasn't in real good shape Tuesday when Doug called, and I probably shouldn't answer the phone. And it's to his great credit, he never called back. <laughs> this man trusts God <laughs> to speak um, that I'm doing much better and trusting God. Um, we're going to look at the letters of Paul um, for a few minutes. Um, Paul wrote his epistles to the new churches that were scattered all across Asia Minor. Each church had differences of opinion and many distractions, but Paul loved them, every one of them. He loved them enough to rebuke them, but also to comfort them and to restore them. And so each letter was addressed to specific people for particular needs. And Paul never neglected to thank God for them. I learned that um, Paul began every one of his letters, except Galatians, um, with a prayer of thanksgiving. It wasn't just a polite custom but it reflected that joyful gratitude um, that his readers were responding to the good news of the gospel. Each of those letters was read aloud over and over again. It was passed around to different people in the community and different families. Um, His words were savored. They were treasured. As I say that, I'm thinking, hasn't changed a lot. (laughs) We've kind of savor a handwritten letter today, don't we? It's almost that rare. So I want you to take a look at just a few of his letters. Um, Corinthians, the Corinthian church had a lot of trouble, and Paul found much to be grateful for, despite that. Um, Perhaps because of their rampant immorality and their dissension, he was even more aware of God's grace among them. So I give thanks to God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given to you in Christ. In Ephesians, Paul spent several years in and around Ephesus, and he praised the church's continued faith in Christ and their love for one another. And the two to go together, don't they? For true faith is reflected, it's expressed in love. I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I don't cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. Paul's letter to Philippi is intimate because he's writing to friends that he's known and served with. 
This church was known for its generosity as they supported and cared for Paul and those who spread the gospel message. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul never visited the Colossians, but he relied on reports from a missionary friend, Epaphras. Note the plural in this one, we always give thanks. He's probably referring to Timothy. Um, Paul shared the ministry in his prayers with others, and he never failed to thank God for people and provisions that God provided. Um, In the Colossians, in our prayers, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. And um, there are many, but the last one I'm going to kind of look at tonight, to the persecuted church of Thessalonica. Paul sent these encouraging words, and he's recalling again their faith, their love, their hope. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope. So later in Thessalonians, we find that familiar but sometimes perplexing verse, um, in all things give thanks. In all circumstances, give thanks, for this is God's will for you. Give thanks for all things? Really? Um, Does God really mean to give thanks in the midst of our trials? Wendell Berry says, um, be joyful, give thanks, even though you've considered all the facts. Um, So how can we genuinely be grateful when we're confused? or depressed, or sick, um, when we're worried about finances, or when we're grieving death, or a broken relationship. How could Paul be genuinely grateful with those early churches were such a mess? When he was writing most of his letters, he was imprisoned by the demented emperor Nero, and yet he found joy and hope in the promises of God. And he thanked God for their faithfulness in the churches. The first American pilgrims chose to prepare a feast and give thanks to God. Um, Even at, not in spite of, but even at the time, at the end of that first year, that brutally difficult year, um, when they had battled disease and famine and even death. So we don't wait till everything's good and happy in the way we think it should be before we give thanks. Sometimes it takes something going wrong before we stop to notice all that's good and right with our world. Though painful, an accident or illness or disappointment can sometimes serve as a wake-up call. Here's some examples. Having experienced a year-long divisive election season filled with anger, hate, accusations, fear, 
Some of us are now more aware and grateful than ever for the strengths of our democracy. Many have been thrust out of their complacency and into active engagement to make the world a better place. We're people of hope, and we have the opportunity to reflect God's light into the darkness that's around us. So thank you, God, for the struggles in our nation that cause us to seek you. The return of my cancer is reminding me of my blessings. Um, It's opening my eyes in new ways to wonder and appreciation of those little things. Uh, The bloom morning glories this morning that opened when the sun came up. Um, Laughter and tears shared with a friend. Um, I'm aware of all the things that work right in my body. The healthy lungs that are giving me breath. Um, Amazing how you can take a lot so much for granted. So thank you, God, for cancer. That helps me appreciate the gifts of little things. And having come through an anxious couple of years in the church, where we openly discussed differences in scriptural interpretation, our church could have split apart. Instead, we sought new ways of understanding and dialogue and communication, and we've grown from that experience. So thank you, God, for the unity that we found in our diversity and for teaching us to listen in humility. As followers of Christ, we say thank you even when it's painful, trusting that God will use our experiences to refine us, to make us more mature and complete. They aren't wasted. It's a slow process, and results are difficult to see, but we trust that God is indeed at work. Our natural tendencies are to glide over good moments and recall the negative times. I read neuroscientist Rick Hansen said, the brain is like Velcro for negative experiences, but Teflon for positive ones. He goes on to explain that. It's kind of fascinating. So we need to train our brains to refocus and consciously linger on those joy-filled moments. That's why gratitude is a spiritual discipline. In gratitude, we wake up to the fact that life is all gift. Gratitude restores our sense of wonder. It slows us down. It causes us to pay attention, to be mindful, and just to to have a heightened sense of awareness. A grateful heart is essential for joy and for inner growth. Where there's no gratitude, there's no hope. Like a weak immune system, A spirit without gratitude is left vulnerable to depression, cynicism, and a general dissatisfaction with everything and everyone. That sound familiar? There's a little of that going around. This is Thomas Merton again. To be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything God has given us, and he's given us everything. Every breath we draw is a gift of his love. Every moment of existence is a gift of grace. Gratitude, therefore, takes nothing for granted. It's never unresponsive. It's constantly awakening to new wonder and to praise of the goodness of God. 
Intellectually, this sounds pretty simple. Good parents, you teach your children to say thank you. That's good manners. It's basic etiquette. Um, You express appreciation when you receive something, receive a gift or a favor. But thankfulness is far more than just making a mental note of things that God has done and then thanking him for favors that we received. Our family has a tradition. um, I don't think it's too unusual. um, Inviting everybody around the Thanksgiving table to express something that they're thankful for. And it's easy to name um, good health or career success or accomplishments, but we often forget that some of our greatest gifts don't have a neat bow tied around them. I met a young woman this week, and she told me that she had directed, she was very angry and very sad after the election, and had, had caused her, kind of sent her into doing more interfaith work. And as a result, she's finding all these new wonderful friends. And so she directed that, um, and now she can say she's grateful for those feelings that that kind of, um, that God used to take her into a deeper place. So what are you, when you get asked this week, this um, Thanksgiving, what are you grateful for? Try to dig a little bit deeper Give thanks for both the good and the bad, for the joys and the pain. Now you wonder what's the, the paper and pen. Now's the pop quiz. No. <laughs> um, but I want to invite you to write your own letter of gratitude um, for the people and for the work at All Souls. You can address your letter um, to just the church as a whole or um, to an individual somebody that you're particularly grateful for. But try to be as specific as possible about what you appreciate. Try to give thanks in all things, both for the good and the bad, for the joys and the strength. And you can start it um, however you want, but you might begin like this. Um, I give thanks to God for, because... Um, or for um, your whatever it is. Um, if you're a visitor tonight, just um, you can write a, a letter for your own church or for another individual, somebody that you'd like to thank. Um, we're going to just take a few minutes of quiet for you to do this, and then I'm going to invite you to come forward and read your letter as the early church members read Paul's letters. Um, whether you choose to read your letter aloud or not, I'm going to ask all of you just to leave your letters on the altar, and we're just going to put them together um, to a little booklet of thanksgivings that we can read over and over in in the days ahead. And you can choose whether you want to sign it or not. It's up to you. Questions? Uh, Would you put your hand up if you need a paper or a pen, and I'll bring those to you. I give thanks to God for... I'd like to invite some of you just to come up... um, and read your 
your letter, um, just in a show of thanksgiving for our body. Dear God, our protector and provider, all of life is prayer if you let it. Prayer is a continuous litany of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, perhaps, pleases you more than anything else. It is redolent with authentic humility, an offering pointing to you, not us, as divine giver, and us as your beloved beneficiaries. Paul writes to the church at Rome in chapter 12, verse 1, Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. In one word, that is thanksgiving. Embracing. I give thanks to God for our worship time. I thank you, Jesse, for the powerful songs you choose. I thank each of you who leads us in worship with your instrument and your voice. I thank God for those intimate moments where I feel him filling me up with the music. I have been brought to streams of tears and deep joy pulsing through me during our worship experience. Thank you, God. I give thanks to God for my wife. It's been nine weeks since the birth of little Hazel, and we are so thankful for her life and health. But I'm particularly thankful for allowing me the experience to witness this incredible love that my wife has shown as a mother. I'm thankful for this new respect and new love that I have towards her that I never could have thought existed. God, I'm so thankful. Dear all souls, I give thanks to God because you're so vulnerable. I wrote this so slowly because I was scrutinizing every word. But I thank God that he hears this even though it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable to approach you like this, all souls, and it's so uncomfortable to approach God. But I thank Jesus and his work on the cross. Because of him, I am safe. Because he lives in you, all souls, I know I am safe. Because he lives in you, Hannah, Doug, Linda, Misha, I am safe. I thank God. To Trevetta, I thank God for your gentle and nurturing spirit. You demonstrate such selfless joy in doing for others, whether it be your daughter's, and grandchildren, your husband and aging father, with the neighbors in Park Ridge who see Christ in you when they may not be able to identify it as such. You open your home to friends, brew a cup of tea, and make breakfast, and you bear others' burdens by just listening, not trying to solve every last problem. Your hospitality 
is a balm for many a heart and lonely soul. Praise be to God for the gift of friendship and its manifestation in you. I give thanks to God for all souls because I have seen God through windows other than my own here and am encouraged and inspired to actively seek out views from other places outside of here. I have tasted the sweetness of a room thick with the Holy Spirit amidst differing opinions. I give thanks to God for all souls because through knowing you I have been changed, bent toward mercy and inclusion and the scope of God's all-encompassing love and affection. I give thanks for your mindfulness, your concern for the world, and your action therein. I give thanks to God for all souls, for the strong, godly women I see in roles of empowered leadership, guiding us and connecting us to you through prayer, contemplation, art, and music. I give thanks to God for some of the hard conversations this year. Some conversations were around illness, others were concerning hurt feelings. Some conversations got heated or awkward. Others tempted either party to simply check out or disengage. In all of these, the Lord has moved pretty ideas into a lived reality for me. He has taught me about his long game. I am no longer afraid when iron sharpens iron. To my All Souls Church family, I am thankful for a place of safety to worship and praise God from whom all blessings flow. I give thanks to you, O Lord, for giving me a small group to practice collaborative communication, to learn to listen and grow with others who love you. I give thanks to you, O Lord, for the opportunity to collaborate on the worship team and to share my gifts of playing and singing to create a worshipful experience for all souls. I give thanks to you, O Lord, for the love that we all share for you and for the city and the people of Knoxville. Grant us peace. I give thanks to God for my beloved daughter, Betsy, for opening my heart and mind to the reality of suffering of people with mental illness. You have taken me on an unexpected personal journey of pain, disappointment, despair, forgiveness, acceptance, grief, and hope. You have opened my eyes to the need to give mercy and compassion to the poor, the homeless, and the afflicted to the failings of our mental health care systems, to the roadblocks the poor face when trying to access the basic needs of a human being. Thank you for teaching me to listen deeply when I don't understand. To All Souls Church, I give thanks to God for the challenge to be uncomfortable, to look beyond the comfortable answers to the issues and dig deeper in order to see and perhaps begin to understand how others interpret the issues. Thank you for providing a safe place to disagree while learning to love and respect despite the disagreement. And I thank God for Doug and his willingness to struggle, his willingness to share the struggle, and to provide an example that says, it's okay for me to not know all the answers. Dear Neance, We spoke on the street when we were on our way here, and we did not invite you to join us today. So we're thankful that someone did. And we're thankful that you came, and we hope you'll forgive us, and we're thankful for your grace. All souls, I give thanks to God for the vitality of spirit that he has breathed into every one of you. 
for the warmth that I feel when we meet on Sundays, I say, Jesus, be praised. For the willingness to shoulder one another's burdens, I say, the Father is glorified. For the transformation being worked in each one of our souls, I say, the Holy Spirit is among us. Dear God, I want to give you thanks for putting all souls in my life. Uh, I want to give thanks to Scott and Jill Branson, uh, who have shown me uh, how rich a walk with Christ can truly be. I want to thank you for Scott's ability to ask the perfect question and Jill's ability to provide an incredible amount of warmth in every situation. I give thanks for Lawrence and Polly Tolick, uh, who have continued to be a guiding light to my wife and I through a first year in marriage. I want to give thanks uh, for the guidance and leadership of Doug Bannister, uh, who from the first visit um, uh, till now always seems to have a pulse of what needs to be said uh, for our community and in our city. I give thanks uh, to those of you who have challenged me and my wife to get reinvolved in All Souls, namely Aaron Callahan, Eric Savage, Ramsey and Lee Cohen, Carrie Joe, and many others. Thank you, God, and thank you, All Souls, for being present, even when I choose not to be. Thank you, God, for my husband and my family. Thank you for my church family. Thank you, God, for a place to worship and people around me who encourage me to draw closer to you while being real, vulnerable, and transparent. Vulnerable with those things that I've already gone through, good and bad, and transparent with the things that I'm currently going through, good and bad. Thank you, good Father, for your love, for your long-suffering nature, and your grace. Thank you for our nation. Thank you for the diversity of our culture. Thank you for my health and for those who I love who are struggling with theirs. Thank you for all the ways that you provide, and thank you for the areas of needs for my friends and my loved ones. Thanks be to God for your current provision and for your provisions to come. I want to thank God and my family, my girlfriend, Lindsay, y'all keep her in prayers. I hope uh, when things will work out, I will marry her. And I want to thank God for sending his uh, son to die on that cross. For God so loved the world, he only gave his forgotten son. Whoever should not perish who have everlasting life. And all things through, all things are possible through Christ for those who is believe. Thanks be to God. In closing, it seems like a good idea to pray for our church using one of Paul's prayers in Colossians. Um, and it's up here for you to read. And wherever you come across a capital U, I want you to substitute all souls. So since the day we heard about all souls, we have not stopped praying for all souls and asking God through all souls the knowledge of his will, through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We pray this in order that all souls may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. 
bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that all souls may have greater endurance and patience in joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified all souls, share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. I want us to pray that prayer again, and this time pray it for someone in your life. So whenever you come to capital U, you just substitute someone's name. You got it? Since the day we heard about, we have not stopped praying for asking God to fill with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order. We live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that we have great endurance and patience in joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Gratitude is tied to God's grace. We're grateful when we realize we've been given something undeserved. So thanksgiving then comes in the very next moment when the fullness of gratitude overflows. Gratitude's in the heart, and thanksgiving then is an expression of that in words and in, in our life.